he came into Ohio State and tweeted, why should we have to go to class if we came here to play football? We ain't come to play school. Classes are pointless. Okay. <laughs> That's, so, that quote is perfect for what I was trying to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Everybody podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Ian Anderson. Some shit. We appreciate your help going on the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsoverdick.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive content and updates. Pick up some merch and interact with us. The question we always ask if you ever find yourself wondering if you spend the time, money, or both on a movie to help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing National Champions. It was released December 10th, 2021. It was written by Adam Mervis. It was directed by Rick Roman Waugh. It stars Stephen James, Alexander Ludwig, J.K. Simmons, Uzo Aduba, Lil Ray Howery, Tim Blake Nelson, and Timothy Oliphant. A star quarterback who attempts to ignite a player's strike hours before the college football national championship game in order to fight for fair compensation, equality, and respect for the student-athletes. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, go check out our spoiler-free review on YouTube. There's a link in the show notes down below. Go watch the movie, come back, pick up where you left off. But if you're okay with spoilers, hang out with us because we're spoiling shit out of this thing. So, national champions. Let's talk deep dive. This movie's not what I... I don't know. It's tough. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And then it wasn't what I thought it was going to be at the same time. Like, and we talked about in the spoiler free, I think it suffers from the timing because of the fact that there has already been a deal in place where the NIL, you know, the name image and licensing or the name image and likeness likeness. Yeah. Legislation came out to where these athletes are getting paid for their name image and likeness where they haven't been in the past. And now this movie comes out and it's a pretty aggressive movie. Like, yeah, that is. I mean, it, I was like, damn, like that lawyer character, very aggressive. Yeah. Well, and even from like the, the quarterback and his tight ends perspective, like it was very eye opening for me in that one. It was very interesting to see like how they happen to really kind of be clandestine and hide their phones and things like mm-hmm. that. And I think that's probably more real than we want to admit. Like, they keep a tight rope on these kids because of the damage they can do. Like I can tell you right now, like being an Ohio state fan, we've gone through a lot of weird shit because kids mm-hmm. do things that kids do. Right. So I think there's a lot of tracking and things that go like watching these kids. Like we saw like the check-ins, the, the bed checks to make sure they're in their rooms and things like that. So, but it was a pretty aggressive, like the way they handled it. I was like, Oh man, would they go there? I don't know. But, that I found the most interesting of this movie, unfortunately, was how intense it got with how they were dealing with these players. Well, it seems like the assistant coach, whose name escapes me, he's usually a comedian in other movies. At some point, he saw that student athlete hand that piece of paper to that reporter, and he saw him do that, and I'm sure he could have like investigated, but then he went back into the bus with the head coach and everyone got grilled about trying to find him. And he then went kind of went on his own. And obviously in the story, he kind of supported what was going on and wanted to help him where he could. I think it was the premise for this movie was interesting because they, they had a few different things going on. It was just college athletes getting paid. It was 
as they said in the movie, the slave mentality of college football and its labor force, predominantly against Black Americans. And then the lawyer dynamic as well, where the star athlete was saying, well, and his friend were saying, well, you don't know what we're going through. And then they had that whole scene where where she's like, I do know what you're going through. I wasn't expecting a lot of that. Like it, it got very intense during some of those scenes. And I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it, but then they cloak and daggered it with this affair and tried to drive home some of the story. So at points for me, I didn't know exactly what narrative was trying to be driven home at the end because there were so many things that they were trying to push forth to us. And that's, I think, why I had a big problem with this movie because the way that it ended, as we'll talk about, didn't feel like much was resolved for me. It just kind of ended. Yeah. No, and I completely agree with you. And let's talk about, I want to talk about specifically the affair, this whole, the coach's wife, Kristen Chenoweth, having an affair with this. So quickly coming and just like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And it was to me, like that was such a waste of time. And I get it's stupid because the whole reason for this storyline, which added nothing to the Mm -hmm. story, like the only thing it added to the story was it's the only way that they were able to get a hold of the coach's phone, which they try to use as leverage at the end of the movie. And I'm like, there was better ways to do that. Like if you're going to make these kids, these heroes, and then try to show like the dark side of what they're having to do, make them find a way to steal his phone and then have Timothy Oliphant's character, this professor that's helping them, which I really liked that there was an actual college professor that was risking his career to help these kids, but don't make it so lame that he's having an affair just to get this phone. Like it's a waste of 20 minutes of this movie when you could have had, them trying to find a way to steal the phone or clone the phone so that they have all that data as leverage. Because I would have found that that was much more poignant if he had already planned on using this big, ugly fight that he'd been in that the coach helped cover up as leverage to get what they want as a last case scenario, willing to put himself at risk to throw it. You know what I mean? Like that would Mm -hmm. have added even more because there were parts of this movie that were very intense. Like, Holy shit. Like you said, that moment where the lawyer goes off, which to me was one of the better points that they made. And it was an often big argument when the NIL was being discussed in legislation and things like that. That being, yes, your major stars of college football and college basketball are going to make a lot of money. But what does that do to other sports? The volleyball, the softball, the soccer, track and field, the track and field, these sports that aren't on the national stage every day, right? What does that do to those athletes? Because they're not going to make as much money. Or any money. Yeah. And if the university's paying that money out, that impacts what they're able to do for those other sports based on the money that the football and basketball teams are making. So it's really, there was a lot of arguments there. So I really like that they brought that up, but it's just muddled. I was frustrated because they brought it up and then they kind of just ignored it. Like the main yeah. characters that are doing all this, like didn't have any sort of, let's think this through or is this the best thing? She kind of made that point and then they just kind of blew past it. So I, I was frustrated that there didn't seem to be some conflict with the characters that are doing all this as to it could hurt some people where they're trying to do something good, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it also shows that I like that it did show the selfish side of that. Like they make them seem like they're ever, their cause is completely noble. And then it was interesting to me that it was, let's defame these kids and make it seem like, you know, he's trying to get his payday because his knee's fucked up. 
And I mean, it's an interesting concept, but at the end of the day, like there's also a little level of selfishness in there about wanting, because he knows as a quarterback and as a star quarterback, Heisman winner, he's going to make a shit ton of money, right? He has the ability to make a lot of money, but his tight end. Now, I mean, they balance that with the fact that, you know, this Sunday kid Emmett Sunday, his partner wasn't going to make a lot of money. He wasn't a star. He was just a player. He wasn't going to play on Sunday. Yeah, he's not going to play on Sunday. He's going to go back to the farm. They made a big deal. So, I mean, they showed both sides of that. But I I think that's what they were trying to portray is that there's a level of selfishness to this as well, what they're doing, even though there is some noble pieces. And I will say to kind of stray from the movie, the things that it made me think about and what I did some research after the fact on was the health insurance piece. Because that part intrigues me. Because I've always been as we talked about in the spoiler free, you can see behind me, like I, I love college football. I'm not a big fan of the NFL. I'll watch it sometimes, but I barely watch it at all. I don't love basketball, but I love college football. Like those six months are like air to me every Saturday for six months. It's beautiful. I watch a ton mm-hmm. of college football anyway. And I will say that this was a big piece for me was like, I have always felt that it was pretty brutal of the NCAA, especially in our modern day, to not allow these kids to make any money, especially on their name. What really frustrating is I go to Ohio State's store and I try to buy a jersey and I want to buy a number one jersey last year or two years for the last two years because it's Justin Fields, right? But I can't get a jersey with his name on it because then he doesn't get paid for that because he's not allowed to. And so that really frustrated me as a kid growing up because I had all these guys that I watched play Ohio State that I want their jersey, but I can't get it. And that's why I like the NIL because they should be paid anytime they use their image, their name, their likeness. And we know why people buy number one jerseys, number two jerseys, mm-hmm. number 34 jerseys. They're buying them for a certain player, but those players don't. Well, the other, the other reason I liked it is people were worried about how it's going to affect recruiting. And well, if you go to Alabama or Ohio state, or, I mean, we're going to throw USC in there now, cause they're going to be somebody that these colleges, because name image likeness, we're going to make even more money, get the best athletes. But the problem is that people forget is schools were already doing this beforehand. What I liked about finally having NIL is maybe these schools will have to hand $100,000 to the family under the table or $200,000 and get slapped with a recruiting fund. We all know it, JJ. They're all doing it. It, Everyone knows they're doing it. So let's just bring it to light and the school can finally say, hey, so-and-so booster right here. Sorry, on my screen. (laughs) They're going to give you a $250,000 likeness deal with the memorabilia, whatever it is, and you're going to get that money. And so it's above the table. The athlete can pocket that. And then no one has to be like recruiting infraction, yada, yada. Like just Mm -hmm. just get it done. And so in that fact, yeah, are some of those schools going to have bigger boosters or an affinity to make that happen like USC and LA? I mean, sure, maybe, but I think it just brings more clarity and less of the dark side to college football, hopefully, than it's been for the past 20 years. You look at Ohio State and was it Willis McGate? Who, uh, who was your running back? Terrell Pryor, that's that Terrell Pryor with the, the dealership and all that crap. And it's like, you know, that, that stuff wouldn't even have happened before. Yeah. He would have just played. Tattoos. He didn't, it was like he traded memorabilia. So when we beat Michigan, they get these little like charms that are like, they call them gold pants. So they're like, football pants in gold, that means you beat Michigan that year. And you only get it if you beat Michigan. Well, he traded a pair to a tattoo artist, him and like four guys, to get some tattoos. Because tattoos aren't, they're expensive. And that's a big thing in the football and athletic culture is tattoos and things like that. So 
they traded him and then he got suspended for, he ended up not playing his last year in college because he got suspended and they vacated a whole year. We went undefeated with the first year of urban Meyer, but we couldn't compete in bowl games because of that. I was like, Jesus, what a dumb fucking thing, but that's the NCAA and they want all the money in their pockets. They'll slap you with it. One thing that I thought was interesting that the the main character said when he was going on a speech in the various hotel rooms is he talked about like jobs that people were going to get. And I think what's interesting, especially about football and being a D1 athlete is you don't have time during the summer in the spring to do any internship or really anything beyond what your degree is because you're playing football. That's like you said, it's, it's your job. And it was in that regard. I was like, you know, the the way he said it, I was like, yeah, like they're not going to be able to do what I did in my college days where I went on internships, got more experience, really defined what I was going to do in my career. Cause as we know, there's only roughly like 430 something people that get drafted every year. So Mm -hmm. the 12,000 plus players that are blood, sweat and tear in it, they know they're not making the league. But they sure. don't really have, some of them are probably very smart, have, have some connections that they can tap into, get their job. But a lot of them, while they may have a degree, they don't have any experience to back it up with. So where where do they go after that? And I thought that was a really interesting point because they are putting that blood, sweat and tears into it. And, and they're kind of behind once they graduate. And does NAL now help with that moving forward? But I thought that was a really interesting point I hadn't really thought about before. Yeah, for sure. And this is maybe where I might be missing something, but I was kind of on the other side of Matson's point where they made it sound like once you finish playing college football, you just go back to the life you had. Like you go back to the farm or you start working. And I was confused why that was the message they were kicking out when you should be coming out with a degree that should be able to further and advance professionally rather than just, oh, well, football's done. So all that time I spent at colleges means nothing. The big problem with that, and they alluded to in some of it, is the classes that these people take. There's, besides the the money infractions, there's numerous times that you can take UNC, for instance, with their basketball team, where students were effectively, the university helped them take fake courses. They didn't even exist. Or they're just taking such low-rung extracurriculars that help them get a degree and qualify to have eligibility to play, but they're effectively not adding educational pieces that are going to further something in their career. And that's not everyone. There's a lot of student athletes that are doing that. But in football, especially in basketball, that happens quite a bit. But as the athlete, aren't you the one that gets to choose what courses you're taking? Because if somebody threw up a bunch of BS courses and just wanted to make things easy for me, I'd be like, screw that. Like I'm going to put in my time and come out with something that means something. Because that's kind of what that track athlete i'm trying to remember her name Catherine poe like that's kind of what she said is like yeah i had to work hard i had to sacrifice it wasn't easy but i was able to do it because i had this opportunity so that's where i got frustrated where it's like i mean you got to take control and sacrifice for this stuff if you got time to party you got time to study right i don't know i just got really frustrated with that (laughs) last thing i'll say is there's a lot of football documentaries out there. There's a show I really like called Last Chance U, mm-hmm. uh, where these these kids, they were D1 athletes, but then for criminal things or just academics, whatever it is, they they got bounced and they go back to a, a junior college. And you see a, a lot of these kids, their only path out is football and their only goal is to get to, as they call it, the league, being the NFL. 
And that's, that's all they care about. They are not there academically. It could be painstakingly frustrating to watch when they have some of their counselors and academic advisors. They have like a tutor that's trying to help them, trying to push them forward. And they just don't want it. Their sole goal is football. They're not there to be in the classroom. And so where I think there's a big difference you know, is there's some student athletes that want that education that are going to push themselves, utilize the resources given to them as the tutors and things of that nature. But many, many of these athletes have a sole goal of just going to, to play in the league and they're there for football and that's all that they want. Their goal is just to skirt by so I can get on the football field. And again, that's based on some of the things that I've seen. Maybe JJ has a different perspective, but that's, that's kind of what I've seen. And you're right. Here's the, like, here's the kicker. You're both right. So Ian, it is unfortunate. A lot of these guys will waste their time in what they're doing and they waste it because they don't want to do it. I mean, and that's the thing that a lot of times we forget is these are 18 to 22 year old kids. When I was 18, if I could play football and not have to go to class, you're goddamn right. I am not doing it. And I think a good point, and I, you know, we've been talking about Ohio State a lot because that's my team and I know so much about that. But like Cardell Jones, we had a quarterback a few years ago that was really good, very talented, (laughs) wasn't the best quarterback on the frigging team, but he was good enough. He ended up leading us to finishing out a a great season and winning winning the first tournament style national championship. When he was a freshman, he came into Ohio State and tweeted, why should we have to go to class if we came here to play football? We ain't come to play school. Classes are pointless. Okay. <laughs> that's, so, that quote is perfect for what I was trying to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this point, like that's, and this kid's not stupid. Like he got decent grades, but how many of those classes were fed to him? I don't know. That's all speculation. He might be a very intelligent kid that got through all of his classes and graduated with some really smart classes or on the flip side to Matson's point, And we know it happens he was given easy cupcake classes and they even mentioned in this movie, he was talking to a couple of those guys and one of them laughed about classes and like made fun of one, some form of a class that just isn't really a class. Right. So Swahili. Yeah. Swahili. So it's like, I know that that's out there now. I don't want to just talk about these guys that don't go because there's some, and what really gets me is when we're watching football, and these guys talk about like, they'll put up a certain amount of players and like, these guys are like academic all Americans. So not only are they, and I love the graduate players, like these guys that play like five years and they've got like a master's degree. They're working on their master's degree. Those guys are just out of control. Amazing to me because not only are they playing a sport and that this is not just for football, basketball, any of these sports that in college, it takes a lot of your time to play these sports and to do it well. So these guys are doing it yeah. well. And they're doing very well in their education. And I think that's really cool. And I really respect those that will go out and do what you're talking about and put their head to the grindstone and get that work done and actually get an education. But I also respect those that come knowing that they have a chance to make millions in the NFL and that's what they're there to do. I don't necessarily agree that I feel like they should probably work a little harder in school, but that's not my place to decide for them. So I know there's, there's guys that they go to college, like Cardale pointed out to play football and hopefully get to the league. So. when I guess my, my frustration it's with the movie in that it takes this stance of it's the NCAA's fault that you got a crappy degree when really that you have some ownership in there. 
yeah, there might be some, you know, other factors that are coming into play. It may not be your goal. I just don't think it's fair to put that on the NCAA and the fact that they're not paying them as a way to kind of drive their story and their point. So I just got frustrated with that. But one thing I did want to ask you guys, because I'm assuming, I don't know if you played any sports, JJ. I know you were playing football in high school and all that stuff. But the relationship with LaMarcus and the coach, I can't remember the coach's name. And especially at the end, like, I don't know, what's your guys' experience with like coach relationships that you've had? And could you burn that? Or like LaMarcus kind of did, or and as well as the coach kind of did. I thought that was super interesting because I had a really great coach and I feel like he would be somebody that would be kind of like backing me or at least aware of what I wanted or, Hey coach, I'm going to do this. And that's the way things are going to be. Like, I, I don't know. I was just kind of curious what your guys' experiences were with that and how you interpreted it within the movie. I'll let you tackle that first, Manson. I mean, <laughs> so my, I was a, a big runner. My family, that's what we did in, in high school. We were all pretty good at it. So it's hard for me to fully answer that question. Like I, I wish Ian, I could get my, my little brother, Chase, who is a football star at our high school and to talk about his relationship with his coach. But I think whenever you throw money into the equation as these big time college football coaches are making and how the student athlete views many of their coaches, it'd be... Uh, JJ, I think it'd be interesting to interview a, a bunch of Ohio State athletes and quarterback on how they really feel about Ryan Day. And I think a lot of them probably would like him, but maybe it's different with a Jimbo Fisher versus a Nick Saban versus a Brian Kelly. There are, so in the, the coaching world, and there are coaches that are, are known as what we call player coaches. And what that means is a coach that always kind of puts their relationship with the player first. They're people pleaser as a coach is kind of a better thing. They they look at it as if I can keep my stars happy, my players happy, they're going to play hard for me. They're going to do what I ask. But then there's kind of the iron fist coach that has been there. He's legendary. He's been there. He's won titles. He's done it all like a Nick Saban where his pedigree speaks for itself. So the athletes going there know like, I need to listen to this guy because he knows what he's talking about. He's going to get me to the league. And so... It, it was an interesting thing as I watched that too, because it turned sour so quickly where he was just willing to say, my coach makes this much, like he's got this house, this house, this house. I was like, man, like, but this coach also plucked you from the depths of basically poverty, like found you as like a, a rough diamond and made you who you are today. And to, is it really his coach's fault that the system is in this way? It, you could say in some senses, he's a part of it, but he's just operating within it and realizes, I just want to win a championship. And this is the best way I know how. I can't change all this today or tomorrow. The way it went down, it would lead me to believe they weren't as close as they were alluding to. Because man, that was that was a knife in the back. I would have a hard time seeing some of the coach-quarterback relationships that I've seen through the years be able to do that in such a quick fashion. Yeah. So I had a high school coach in Kentucky named Coach Mike, David Mike. And I, we used to laugh when he was my history teacher too because that's they, those small schools, they have to be a teacher to be a coach. So great coach. And when I think back, like I don't know that I could have done that to like Coach Mike. Like I don't know that I could have burned him like that, but I would never have had the money piece the draft piece, the health insurance piece, like all of these major life pieces that really can be major motivators. 
And I think for this movie, the piece for me that really pushed it over the edge, the part that really pissed me off from a player to a coach perspective, thinking that way is when the coach got into that, he was on the news and he was doing the press conference. And I don't like, they walked him into that shitty slave comment. That's what reporters do. They want to get him to say something dumb. And so I don't care about that part. I think that part was just for shock and awe value. But the fact that he was there, the coach had already turned on him at that point, right? So he was playing the part of trying to get his quarterback to come play the game and wasn't backing him. I think it would have been more interesting from a movie perspective if the coach had backed him or stayed down the middle and said, look, I want him to come play, but I can't argue with what he's saying. I do have three houses. I do make millions of dollars. These guys get a great education for free, but it's not technically for free because they're working their asses off and they put their bodies on the line. So I would have been more interested to see that dynamic, the coach saying to these lawyers and and the NCAA and their conference guys saying, fuck you, this is my guy, right? While I don't agree with him, he's still my guy, so I'm not going to completely throw him under the bus. So for me, that's why I looked at LaMarcus and I went, I get why he's not afraid to really throw his coach under the bus at this point because his coach had already done that. Mm. Regardless of that shitty statement, I take that out of it because that was, I feel like that was a cheap one in the movie. Well, he would have gotten fired today. He would have been done. It would have been over. (laughs) Yeah, you're done when you say that shit. But I I also, like, I just feel like the movie put that line in there to make it, oh, that shock value. And I just didn't like that. To your point, JJ, I thought, like, why didn't they have Coach and LaMarcus? They had that confrontation at the end of the movie, but I thought it would have been interesting if, if kind of like the assistant coach at some point, they were in a room together and they started to hash it out. And it could have been cool where, obviously, they could have come together more and done what you talked about, where the coach is like, no, F you, like, I'm riding with my boy. Or it would have further fractured things. And then the splintering really happened from there. I was waiting for them to kind of do something like because the college athletics that I know, and those coaches have enough power and gravitas and usually a strong relationship with those players, especially quarterback coach. We, we know that's an integral relationship. I was surprised they didn't get in a room at some point and, and really hash things out and either it got better or it splintered and fractured. Yeah. And that's where I, I wanted to see them. that. Yeah, <laughs> it would have it would have it would have helped the movie leaps and bounds in that regard and i think they could have eliminated the whole nefarious affair you wouldn't even have needed that yeah. because that would have been the core crux where it would have exploded from the, like now talking about it why didn't they do that they should have done that yeah well and especially with that confrontation at the end i just felt like lamarcus throwing an affair in his coach's face and then using the deeds that the coach did to try and help LaMarcus in his face just felt so, it felt outside of LaMarcus's character to me, especially when you see him, he's ready to sacrifice for his teammates. He's ready to sacrifice for MS Sunday. And for him to do that at the end, I just felt was like a knock on his character that didn't really make sense. So I agree with you guys. I think the coach and the LaMarcus coming together would have made a better story, a little kumbaya-ish, but it would have, I think, made more sense because it would have been interesting because they could have done a small allusion allusion to the affair maybe at the beginning when this movie happened because having coach and quarterback be in the same room the coaches we knew this is all he had left he wanted to win a national championship and i could have seen him in his rational mind be like lamarcus like 
I need this. Like this, this is all I have. Like as he gave that speech to his student athletes in the the conference room about like glorious battle, glory. That resonated with me. I can, I know why he said those words and I can get behind that. And him having that conversation with the Marcus, I really think would have been an emotional crux that then also would have made the argument at the end of the movie, the confrontation that much more poignant and, and something to be dealt with. But that all would have been great if they did that. They would have had to have ended the movie in a different way because we haven't even talked about this just absolute <laughs> crap of an ending. Just horrible, in my yeah. opinion. Maybe you guys liked it, but it was stupid. Before we jump into that, I do want to build up because you know me, I always do the whole, what would you, what do you guys think would have been better if we, because me and rewriting yeah. movies. Because now that you guys are talking about that, like how much cooler would it have been? Because here was another problem that I have. We have this great speech from J.K. Simmons that you mentioned, Matt. Yeah, it was great. In front of the team, like it was rousing. I'm like, fuck, that's a great coach right there. Like <laughs> I was sitting in the- just gonna I, run through a wall. <laughs> seriously, like I was in this theater and I was all by myself. There was nobody else in the theater at all. And Me so too. I'm in this theater. Yeah, it was completely yeah, empty. I, there was two other single guys in there with Taylor and I, like nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was nobody in it. And I really like wanted to get up and be like, yeah, it's game time. Let's go, fuckers. Like that's, I mean, I was like rah, rah all the way with this speech. But think of how much better it would have been if he gave that speech to just LaMarcus. Because my other thought as I was watching is like the team doesn't care. Most of these guys that are on this team that he's talking to in that moment are young kids. They're going to go wherever LaMarcus and these big seniors and big players are going to go. So if they decide to play, these guys are going to play. Most of those guys didn't matter in the grand scheme of things in this situation. I would have loved to have had him in a one-on-one conversation instead of a rah-rah speech type of thing. He gives that same monologue to LaMarcus in a hotel room by themselves or with just a handful of people. And then like you say, Manson, it turns into this moment where they have this battle and that fractures the relationship. They've had this great relationship. And then this conversation where they can't get together on what's happening splits that relationship. It gives LaMarcus a chance to steal the cell phone because they're in the same room together. He could, the coach could get pissed and storm out for getting his phone. Cause we've all fucking done it. LaMarcus takes the phone that adds a level of drama. Cause now even the coach knows he has the phone, right? So it's like, yeah. holy shit. So I just think that, like you say, I think that focus should have been on their relationship instead of him being a coach and trying to, I think that would have been bitching. Cause I loved that speech. It could have been more poignant. Like you said, if it was just a one-on-one conversation and he's telling just LaMarcus and, and they already have a relationship. So anyway, I was just going to say, it's kind of funny because that speech, I was in it to win it halfway through. <laughs> and then he started to talk about glory. And I was like, dude, it's easy to talk about that when you've got $5 million contract or whatever. <laughs> it's like That's most of these kids are scraping by. They're like eating pizza that LaMarcus bought them because they won't, probably don't have enough or eating the Snickers bars because <laughs> that's who sponsored the game. But I just yeah. thought it was kind of funny that like that hierarchy of needs where the coach is like, yeah, self-actualization, like I'm at the top. And then you have all the football players that are kind of more like, I'm just trying to scrape by and get my needs met before I can get to this like whole glory thing that you're talking. Anyways, just yeah. another perspective. Well, I will say that sure. part of that glory, like take Ohio State, for instance, like when you win a national championship, 
those people, if you're if you're somebody that people remembers, and most of them will, like you probably aren't gonna have to buy yourself a drink ever in a bar yeah. around Columbus. Like those That's if true. you beat like the Michigan players that beat Ohio State this year, they will be remembered. Like wow. they if I was Jim Harbaugh on that, if he said similar words to JK Simmons' character, like that would have resonated because those players, it's so ingrained to beat Michigan or beat Ohio State. Like that's the type of speed. Those people would have walked out there and, and gone through a wall just oh, to yeah. do that. So the crux of this movie, because it was surrounded around money and they just showed the coach's house and everything, like I get your reaction there and it makes a lot of sense to me. But one thing we haven't touched on and we're going to get to the end is with a college athlete, a D1 athlete in the, the scholarships that they get even before NAL, they get a stipend, they get mm-hmm. housing paid for, they get books paid for. Like I was never a scholarship athlete, but many of my my siblings were for running. They had full rides. They had money. They had food. Sure. They had board. They had classes paid for all things. And, and so sometimes some of those arguments to me with, when they did pay players, like they were really making it sound like these athletes had nothing. Like they were just scraping by. And yeah. so I, having seen it, and I my my siblings knew football players, knew the basketball players. They even got more things because those were the sports that did it all. And so sometimes I heard those arguments. I was like, well, like they get a decent amount of things. Like the one thing that we talked about earlier with the Marcus talked about, they don't have an opportunity to really go work a job or things like that because they're playing football and such. That part I can understand, but the universities gave them like a more of an increased stipend. Like they, you'll hear a lot of analysts say that, well, they had enough to live off of and, and enjoy some leisure activities. It's harder to gauge, but whenever those arguments came, I was like, well, they're getting a lot that the normal student just never would even have. And so that was always an interesting thing because people that were fully for pay for player just belittled what a scholarship athlete actually got versus there's a yeah. lot on the table that you do get at the same time. And so it was a it was a tougher balance because if you're telling me I got a free education, I get free place to live, I, I get all my meals paid for, I get to, to do all these things, like that also is a, a great benefit at the same time. So that's where the name image likeness that they came up with, I think was a better balance than it legitly just paying all student athletes. Because like JJ said earlier, and this movie alluded to, college athletics would have dissolved beyond football and basketball because you just couldn't support those others. And then that would have been extremely unfair just to say, all right, football, basketball, forget all the rest. We don't care anymore. See, and this is what frustrates me about this movie is that it paints this picture of these like, don't have anything, getting screwed, athletes to the point where you're like emotionally invested and this is something that's wrong. And then finding out, is it actually like that? Like that, uh, I hate when movies do this. It, ooh. Gosh, it gets to me. I hate feeling like somebody is writing a story to manipulate how I'm feeling about a certain subject. And it drives me nuts. So anyways, I'm taking a pause. I'm taking a pause here. You guys can can talk about this ending. No, well, just just to touch on what you were saying there, Matt. So it's an interesting... And again, we're talking a lot about Ohio State, but I'll give you kind of... So I was going to go... I had a partial scholarship offer from Ohio State for music, for band. And I really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, like, wait, I, I had what did an you offer. play? What was your uh, instrument? So I could play anything brass, but I was going to go for two, but I wanted to dot the eye. Like that was like a dream of mine since I was like, exactly. Should I hum the Michigan theme song to piss you off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll kill you. No, <laughs> I'll fly out to Seattle. Well played, sir. Well played. So yeah, I was going to go, like I was looking at going, well, here's, 
a semester of school at Ohio State for a non-resident, which I would have been because I was living in Ohio or Utah at the time, is around $35,000. Damn. That's a non-resident. A resident, an Ohio resident, is around $12,000 for a semester. Okay? So when you think about most of the student athletes that play at least football, that get scholarships to play football are non-residents. They're not Ohio residents. They're coming from Florida. They're coming from California. They're coming from Texas. There's a lot from Ohio. Ohio is a big recruiting ground for college football. But a lot of these guys are coming out. So if you think about the national income, average income is around $57,000. These guys, a semester, $35,000. So you're talking about Sixty to seventy thousand dollars minimum a year. That's just for classes. So, a D one athlete at Ohio State that's got a full ride scholarship just for their classes is making somewhere around seventy thousand dollars a year. Now you add in the stipend, housing, food. These guys are making, in a way, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. So. I am with you. I don't, and I've always said in this conversation, I don't think the university should hand these guys any more money. They're getting a free, the opportunity for a free education. They're living, they're housing, they get a stipend. I have always been, and that's why I love the NIL. What pissed me off is when Ohio State, and I love Ohio State, diehard fan, but I don't like that the Ohio State University was making money because they're selling jerseys, they're selling things that have that are being purchased because of these athletes and they're not getting their piece. That's why I like the NIL. Now, the last piece I wanted to cover that we didn't before we touch on this ending, because we keep talking about the ending insurance. So I did some research after this movie, because yeah. that was the one that really got me. I want to know about this. Yeah. So every student athlete that plays football is required to have a personal health insurance. So their parents, they can be on their parents' health insurance. They can be on their own, whatever it is. Which now, and you know, our current laws, like they can be up to 26 years old and be on their parents' health insurance. What about those that are coming from more impoverished backgrounds where they may not have that? They still have to provide their own health insurance. I looked at that. So they're required to provide their own health insurance. Now, the universities are required at some point to pick up. So if they get injured and their own health insurance gets maxed out or whatever it is, they reach a certain level. The universities are required to have some insurance that covers them, but the insurance isn't great from what I was reading. Now, I didn't look too deeply into the details of it, but there are some monies that are set aside and the universities are required to cover certain amounts of injuries to make sure that these kids aren't riddled with medical debt because there are athletes years and years ago that would get an injury and they would have hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical debt that they're responsible for. So they've changed those laws. There was some law, I think it was in 2012, that it was really updated to where the universities have to make sure they're covering a lot of these medical expenses, which is great because that's a big one. And that was the one I think from this movie that really got me the most is you got this kid Sunday, his Emmett Sunday, and he keep his elbow creaks and pops. That's the first thing that you hear in this movie is, man, you hear that snapping and cracking. I played high school football. I played Pop Warner for a little while. And I've got a bum shoulder and a bum back from both from football. No questions asked. I got a shoulder that Casey, it drives her nuts because I can rotate my shoulder and every time it will crunch and pop. 
and it pops. I got what they call a subflex shoulder. So like if I hit it wrong, it'll pop out of place and right back in. And just because of football injuries. And that was just high school. I can't even imagine college. These guys are monsters. Like I, I hung out at university of Tennessee when I lived in Kentucky, we went to Kentucky a couple of times, met a lot. I met Peyton Manning and little man, James Stewart at Tennessee when they were at the height of their right before they won the national championship that in 97, it was amazing. These guys are huge. I can't imagine taking hits from these guys running full speed. Like the amount of injuries these guys have, like to me, that's the more poignant thing when we talk about is these guys put their, especially football and bass, like these really high impact sports, but all sports in general are very high risk for injury. And these kids should not have to pay for that. So I think that was a big one for me that when we, when I watched this movie, that to me was the big one because we already see them getting paid for their, their name, image, and likeness now. So that's great. And, and they get paid for university education in a lot of cases. So that's great. But the injuries, man, that can really sideline you. And you may lose your opportunity to make millions. If you take like the Michigan state kid four years ago or whatever, that punt that got blocked at the end of the Michigan, Michigan state yeah. game, this poor kid picks up the fumble runs it back into the end zone to win the game at the very last second, his teammates pile on top of him and it shattered his hip the way that they jumped on him. Okay. They had 60 guys jump on him all at the same time and it shattered his hip. He never played football again after that because he couldn't, he probably would have had a chance to play pro or at least make some money. And this was before the NIL. So now he'll never play the game he loves because he had an injury and thankfully at that point, the university would have covered probably a lot of those expenses, but what would have happened, you know, 15 years ago, if they hadn't covered him? now he's in yeah. surgeries and it's crazy. We hope now that with the way boosters work, that they probably have funds. You would think because if they didn't, and I'm an athlete, I'm not, I'm just not going to go there because I'm going to go yeah. to a place where I get an injury. They're going to pay for it. So my guess is that's a very small issue of if any issue at this point now because of the law changes and everything because i can't imagine boosters not taking care of an athlete that had an injury they're just gonna be like just pay the thing because we need yeah. them to play and we need other people to come play here we don't want them <laughs> to think we don't help out with that crap sure sure all right so let's talk about this ending <sighs> what a letdown <laughs> right we go through two hours of very intense movie whether i liked all of it or not you got a Star Wars reference out of it, JJ. <laughs> what a waste of a Star Wars reference, too. So dumb. I get what they were trying to do. Like, they stuck to their guns and they refused to play the game. They got outmaneuvered when it came to by trying to use this phone against the, the guy. And, you know, they used Emmett Sunday's involvement in it to get him. But there's no resolution whatsoever. And I realize in life, there's not always resolution, but this isn't life. It's a movie. God damn it. I need resolution. <laughs> so I just didn't like that. That's what, you know, you see these two kids that just went through hell to try to change something that probably, you know, they indicate that it's leading to some meetings for some change, but yeah, but what does that mean? And then the coach is going to go play the game. Now he's probably going to lose because he doesn't have a star player, but there's no payoff. There's no consequences. It just seems like nothing, everything's gone back to normal. They're just not playing a game. Would we have liked this movie better if the Marcus had played where he either one accepted that they were having talks, those super committees after the fact, or if he kind of went with his tail beneath his legs and just played 
because it didn't work out the way we wanted to, how it probably would have been more in real life. Because let's be honest, deciding to protest, what, 72 hours, almost 72 hours before the biggest game of college football, we know it, JJ. There's no way, I mean, they're going to play that game as they alluded to. And so I knew he was fighting a losing battle. And I guess I should have seen the ending coming. But like you said, we want to see some resolution but maybe it would have been more realistic if he, in some way, shape, or fashion, actually played. And he came out, did a press conference, and said, "There's going to be change. I'm playing this game. I'm not pulling my punches." Like after the press conference, he had said the same thing: "Like we need change. We need change." And maybe they could have done it that way. I don't know. But the way it ended, that them in a hotel room, the game's being played. I'm like, it just made me as a a viewer be like, this wasn't even worth watching. Nothing yeah. happened. I just got to see a bunch of fluff in a stupid affair and a coach give a speech that was cool, but probably should have been to a star player. And now they're right back where they started in a hotel room and they played the game and maybe they'll have a committee that I'm never going to see. Yeah. I think for me, what I would have liked to have seen at the end is him have a press conference and say, look, they've committed to making some changes. They're not the changes that I want. And they're probably won't end in the changes that need to happen. So I'm still going to stick to my guns and not play this game, but the games are going to go on. But that's, I want it on the national stage. I don't want him sitting in a hotel room having lost that battle and saying, well, we did our best. And, and, you know, then the whole allusion to the kids saying, I hope it wasn't that they used me against you. Like I want him also, this is your friend. Be honest. Oh, they used you against me. Sorry, dude. I'm not going to have you like go to jail. talked about that too. Yeah. Or I want the end to have him be in a press conference and he blows the fucker up, right? Like he says, here's what happened. Like I, that's what I wanted him. If you're that committed, like your brother did the damage, hurt this kid or whatever it was, and he's dead. They can't convict you. They're not going to convict this kid, this other football player, most likely. Go on press conference and say, look, Here's what's happened since I started this. They're now threatening to take me to jail for a fight that happened. They covered it up. The coach helped cover it up and just blow the fucker up. That was the other thing that I would have loved to have seen is just this unrealistic ending of him just throwing it all out there. I thought that would have been really interesting. And then still show them play the game, right? Like while he's giving the press conference, they're running out onto the field, like split screen style or some shit. Like, that to me would have been an interesting ending because now I'm going, yeah, but what happened? How did this play out? Right? Like, cause as it stands now, we know exactly how it played out and nothing really happened. Whereas if you go crazy and they blow this fucker up, you're like, Whoa, shit, what the hell? So I, I think there was many different ways. We should give JJ a chance to see if whatever movie he comes up with can really land or, or just have to, run through the script with JJ before it's approved to go into production. Hey, anytime you guys want me to proofread a script, I'll let you know. I got no compunctions for that. (laughs) Cool. You guys ready to write this thing? Let's do it. All right. I'll go first, man. I really want to shit on this movie a lot with my score, but I'm not going to, because the thing that we, I mean, we talked a lot about college football and all the, and I really think it garnered some cool discussions which I think is cool. I think the problem that it runs into is a lot of the meat of this movie's discussions don't need to be had anymore because they've found a certain type of solution for the problem that was coming. Now, I think there's other problems that need to be addressed in college football. Uh, So it was an interesting movie in that perspective. What I really want to give credit to this movie for is the acting. 
across the board, this movie was so well acted that it was better than it should have been in that, you know, when it comes to entertainment value and a really interesting storyline, they could have done so much better, but the acting carried it through from top to bottom. The players were really good. J.K. Simmons just was above and beyond great. Even these little, the NCAA guy that was a real dick, like he was amazing. The lawyer, the Catherine Rowe or Poe or whatever. intense. Man, she was so good. Uzo Aduba, that's the name. She's the actress's name. She was in like Orange is the New Black and something like that. I remember watching that with Casey. So she was in that, but she was fantastic. Everybody in this movie acted really well. So for me, that really puts it up. I really said, I really want to shit on it, but I think I'm going to give it a two. I don't think it was an average movie, so I'm not going two and a half, but I don't think it was as bad as the way that it ended and the fact that it was really kind of anticlimactic in a lot of ways. I would have normally scored this lower, but the acting really boists it, buoys it up for me. So I'm going to give it a two. Matson. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Like I said, I wasn't impressed with this particular movie. That being said, we have, as I always say, we've seen many, many movies that are much worse than this. But what's hard about this movie, guys, is this movie doesn't really need to be watched because the things that it touches on have already kind of been solved. So that's where I struggle. Where That doesn't make it a bad movie in and of itself, but I just don't know why you're going to go watch this because it doesn't really serve a purpose in that sense. If you want to see drama, like there's so many other things you can go see in that regard. So I'm going to be on par with JJ. I'm going to give it a two. Very well acted. There was some certain speeches from the coach and the Marcus, especially that really resonated with me that were very emotional. But then there's just some things that didn't make sense from the affair to how this movie ended. So just really the topic as a whole where it was too little too late, where if this movie had again had come up three years earlier, two years earlier, I would have been captivated because this was a hot button topic for years in college athletics where it would have been a more of a riveting story where it could have driven some of that home um, in that regard. Kind of like the the CTE movie that came out years ago with Will Smith in it, where mm-hmm. they were that was still ongoing and kind of served as a an agenda point to say, fix this. If this could have been that like two years ago, I think I would be rating this movie differently. It wouldn't have been a great movie, but it would have been higher up. But a lot of that is just because it's too little too late. So a two, not a bad movie. I just don't know why you're going to watch this because if you're a sports fan, there's so many other sports movies you're going to watch before this. Go do that. Yeah, for sure. All right, Ian, bring us home. Yeah, you bet. I agree. Super well acted. So I won't say any more on that. They did a lot of really good acting in this movie, but... I think I come back to, and you guys are big into football. I'm not like NIL first time I'm hearing about this. So for me (laughs) going in and watching that movie, it just feels kind of like Matson said too little too late, but it feels a little manipulative in a way for somebody who doesn't know what's going on. I feel like it wants you to walk out of the movie theater, having strong feelings for a very specific side of the story without accurately painting that story. I don't know if that makes 100% sense, but that's kind of how I felt about it. There's still some aspects of it that, like JJ said, the the health insurance thing, that's a big issue and that should be taken care of. There's no reason you should walk out of playing college football with a bunch of debt. But yeah, so my biggest issue with this one is I just felt like it was trying to 
trying to get me into a certain place emotionally about a real event, but using a fictional or yeah, a fictional story to do it. So anyways, um, I'm going to stick with it too. I still think there's a lot of good aspects to this movie. It was entertaining to me while I was there and watching it. So it's not a horrible movie. I think we gave it a uh, stream it in the spoiler free. So still worth watching. Just kind of know, I guess, go do some research before you watch it. So you know what, uh, what's actually going on in the world. Unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it kind of, it's interesting. So what really happened to get the NIL changes was some big players from a couple of big universities, like actually sued the NCAA. Yeah. Why not just tell that story? Well, and I'm sure that they will at some point, but I also, I think it was basketball players to start, uh-huh. to be honest with you. I don't remember for sure, but I know, I remember reading about some big athletes that got together and sued and they weren't like top tier university kids. I think it might have been like Northwestern. I think it did. Uh, so, I mean, it's a big school. It's a big in the Big Ten Conference. So it's in one of the top three conferences in the country. And so, I mean, it was a big deal, but it wasn't like... What is this grabby and drama? Yeah, it wasn't. It was really just, hey, we deserve to be paid. And it's a big thing now. So we're going to sue you. And and the government got involved and like big courts and like, it was a big deal. And so the NCAA was forced to really go in and look at it. And again, it was all about that making money on their likeness. And that's all they wanted. It wasn't like they were looking for the universities to pay them a salary. Now they did talk about that, you know, because you could be considered an employee, things like that. But they they just really, it was about their likeness and being paid for using their image and things like that. So anyway, yeah, interesting movie, bunch of twos, nice average. It's easy one for me to keep an average score on. So Mm -hmm. cool. Mattson, tell everybody where they can find us when they're not listening to us. Yeah. So if you want to check us out on social media on Facebook and Instagram, most especially check us out at what's our verdict.com to see our upcoming slate of movies. Also just Spotify, Ghana, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. If you want to give us a continued listen, we appreciate you all riding with us in the year 2021 and the craziness that has ensued. It looks like 2022 is going to be the same. We're going to be continuing to ride out these podcasts. Appreciate you all listening in. Definitely. Next week, we will be reviewing Spider-Man No Way Home. Tune in for that one. Um, Woo! Yeah. Our spoiler free for that's already up on YouTube. So check that out. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for the deep dive. That'll come out December 27th. So we appreciate you guys tuning in as always listening to us. Thank you. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinematic out.